Well, thank you, Josh and Mackenzie, and uh, it's great to be with you here uh, on the live stream, uh, wherever you are watching, uh, and whatever time of day you're watching as well, uh, really glad that you've joined us, and really excited now to be opening God's Word, uh, looking at that with you uh, for the next little while. Uh, as we do that, let's come to God in prayer and ask for His help. Would you join me in prayer? <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Word. Uh, we thank you that you speak to us your truth. Uh, and Lord, we pray that now as we hear it, uh, Lord, that you would uh, fill us with joy and peace in believing, uh, that we have come to know you through it. We pray you do that work in us uh, by your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're in the middle of three weeks looking at the Psalms, as Josh said. Uh, the Psalms, uh, the Gospel according to David. We're looking at Psalms that are picked up in the New Testament, uh, that help to explain the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so last week we looked at Psalm 110. We saw uh, Jesus risen and reigning, uh, having won that decisive victory over sin and death. But we also see that the battle continues uh, and that Jesus calls us to be willing soldiers in his army uh, and join him in his fight. Now all that talk of, of fighting uh, sounds like hard work. Uh, and it is. Uh, the Christian life is hard work. Uh, but the question is, uh, what is going to sustain you in the fight of the Christian life? Uh, and the answer that I want to give today is, uh, joy in your relationship with God is what will sustain you. Uh, Tim Chester's written a great book called Enjoying God, and he lists how joy in God uh, is there to help us in the Christian life. And so he says that it helps us to fight temptation, uh, it helps us to endure suffering, helps to energise our service to God, uh, helps our evangelism, and it helps to empower our sacrifice. And, right, and so it's this, this happiness in our relationship with God uh, that helps to sustain us in the fight as followers of Jesus. And so the question for you is, uh, do you have joy in your relationship with God? Or does this all sound a little bit new to you? Uh, is, is your joy a source of strength as you follow Jesus? Or do you find yourself struggling in the Christian life, struggling to obey God uh, and to serve him? Well, David shows us today in this psalm uh, the way into uh, happiness in the Christian life. Uh, and it might not be what you're expecting, because uh, David shows us the way is through confession of sin and forgiveness. And that's what we'll see as we work through this psalm. Uh, and so the first thing David wants to show us is that forgiveness leads to happiness. Uh, so there you see David begins by telling us about uh, the blessed one, right? And, and to be blessed is to be happy. Uh, you know, we don't make that connection often because we don't use uh, that word blessed that way. Uh, we don't sing at someone's birthday, uh, blessed birthday to you, sorry for singing, uh, but we sing happy birthday, right? A, a blessed birthday sounds pretty boring to me, uh, but a happy birthday is what we sing, and that's what blessed means. Uh, and here David's telling us, uh, blessed is the one, or happy is the one, who is forgiven by God. That's where it comes from. Have a look at verse 1 and 2. He says, blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. 
Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and whose spirit is no deceit. And so we see here, you know, David is assuming that we are all sinners uh, and that our sin is counted against us in the courts of heaven so that before God uh, we are deserving of a punishment from him. And so, of course, it is a happy thing, right, when your transgressions are forgiven, right? It is a relief when all the charges are dropped against you and you can go free, right? It's a cause of great happiness and that is why, you know, David is writing a song about this forgiveness. And so he goes on now to tell us uh, the way to be forgiven. So verses three to five, right here, David is giving us his his personal experience of this, right? And, and first he says there was a time when he was silent uh, and this silence is talking about uh, his unconfessed sin uh, and this was not a good place to be. Have a look at verses three and four. David says, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. And right, this, is the, this is describing the painful experience of living with the guilt of sin. It's like a, like a crushing weight upon your shoulders. But notice who is causing this pain. Right, it is God. Right, it, is, it is your hand, it is God's hand that is heavy upon David. But you've got to realise this is a, actually a gracious thing from God. Because like, you know, pain in your body is telling you something is wrong that you need to fix, uh, this pain that God is causing is telling David something is wrong and it needs fixing. And, right, the, and what is wrong is his unconfessed sin. The way to fix it uh, is to confess it to God. And so that's what David does in verse 5. He says, Then I acknowledge my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. I just want you to notice there how much happens between uh, David confessing his sin and God forgiving him. Right? It's nothing. Right? God's forgiveness is free uh, to those who will confess to him. And so then that, that weight of guilt is taken away uh, and David here, we see, is rejoicing. So it takes us back to verse 1 when he says, blessed is the one whose sins are forgiven. Right? That forgiveness leads to happiness. Right? And the reason that forgiveness leads to happiness is because forgiveness leads to fellowship with God. And that's what we see next in verses 6 to 10. So verse 6, you'll see, begins with a therefore, good to ask, what is the therefore, therefore? Uh, and here, uh, what's happening is Davis, uh, Davis, David uh, is giving us his experience of, of confession and forgiveness as an invitation to other sinners to do the same thing. And so he says in verse 6, uh, Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. So if you are someone who is heavy and burdened by sin, pray to God, right? Confess your sin to him and receive his free forgiveness. And then you get to enjoy this wonderful fellowship with him that David goes on to talk about. 
Uh, and so this is, he talks about life, and I think a good way of describing it is what he says in verse 8. Uh, it's life with God's loving eye on you. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. I think most people are aware, if they believe in God, that, that God you know, is like big brother, he's watching us, he, he sees everything that we do. Uh, but we don't often think uh, that this is a loving eye upon us. Right, where God is watching over you for your good. And that's what David talks about in this psalm. In verse 7, he says that God is our hiding place and he protects us from trouble. In verse 8, he instructs and teaches and counsels us in the way that we should go. And then verse 10 is another good summary. The Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. And the image this brings to my mind is, is like a father at the beach with his with his toddler, uh, and, and he is there directing the toddler so, so they are safe, so they don't go out too deep, uh, so they're not in, a, in, a, in harm's way. Right? And he protects them. When he sees a wave coming, he lifts them up to take care of them. Right? His loving eye uh, is upon the toddler, and that is like God's loving eye upon those uh, who have come into this relationship with him. And so it's no wonder if you know this God, if you know his forgiveness and fellowship with him, right, you rejoice. Right, and that's where David leaves us in verse 11. He says, rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. All right, these are interesting. These are commands, you know, rejoice, uh, sing, be glad. Uh, we are commanded to enjoy God. Uh, but that is like a command to uh, enjoy chocolate, right? Or enjoy ice cream. Um, it, is, it is not a hard thing. God is, is there for us to be enjoyed. And then notice something else. Uh, notice who the command is to. Right? It's to the righteous or to the upright in heart. And, and, and that's interesting because how can we be those people who are righteous uh, if we are such sinners who need confession. And so this is where we come to, to Romans, uh, because this is something that Paul talks about, uh, where he uses this psalm to talk about what it means to be justified by faith. And right, we see in Romans that Paul agrees with David that we're all sinners, right, that we are unrighteous people, that there's nothing that we can do to make ourselves righteous before God. But then he talks about the good news of Jesus, right, who died on the cross for our sins so that we could be justified by faith in him. And that, that word justified, it's important. Uh, it means to be counted righteous. Right? Here's a bit of a picture that helps explain it. Right? When we believe in Jesus' death for our sin, right, God counts our unrighteousness to Jesus uh, and he counts Jesus' perfect righteousness to us. Right, so God counts us as righteous before him, uh, like Jesus, through faith. Uh, he counts our belief in him uh, as righteousness. And right, we'll, we'll continue to struggle with sin in our lives, uh, but we can know uh, that God uh, will never count those sins against us. Uh, because Jesus has died for our sins, uh, God will not punish us for our sins. And so if you are justified by Jesus, you are in a, a right relationship with God. You are forgiven 
uh, and you are enjoying that fellowship with God. And so Paul, like David, uh, he sees this as a great uh, reason to rejoice. And so he says, quoting Psalm 32, uh, he said that David speaks of the blessedness or the happiness or the joy uh, of the one to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Uh, Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. As you read those words, uh, do you feel that joy? Do you you feel the freedom it is uh, to have a righteousness uh, that is not your own, uh, but counted to you through faith in Jesus? Uh, So you are right with God. Do you feel that amazing joy? This is the joy that comes to us through uh, the confession of our sin, uh, which leads to forgiveness through the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, which brings us into that happy fellowship with God. And so what, what will it mean for us to sing this psalm today? Uh, well, I think this is an invitation to us uh, to do the same thing that David did, right? To, to find joy in our relationship with God uh, and a joy that is going to sustain us in the Christian life. And so this has application for both the, the non-believer and the believer. Uh, For someone who doesn't trust Jesus yet, uh, the first step uh, is to know your sin and guilt before God uh, and to come to him uh, in confession. Uh, And like David, you might feel that heavy weight of sin. Uh, I certainly know that uh, before I trusted Jesus, I felt that weight upon my soul. Uh, It was an interesting experience, Uh, but it was a gracious thing from God because it points us to the solution in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we hear Jesus saying these words to you if you feel heavy and burdened by sin. Uh, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Uh, So bring that weight of sin to Jesus Uh, confessing it to him and trusting him uh, and you will find rest for your souls in the forgiveness of sin uh, and in fellowship with God. And you can do that today. Uh, Don't put it off. Uh, Come to Jesus with your sin. Now you you might then be someone who has already experienced uh, God's forgiveness uh, but you would sort of say, I don't really experience the, the joy or the happiness that you're talking about. And maybe you're kind of wondering, like, is that okay? What's, what's going on for me? And so one thing I want to say straight up is we need to say over and over again that salvation does not depend on our feelings, right? It depends on Jesus alone. So we need to remember that. But we also need to remember that salvation, it will produce Uh, some degree of of happy feeling in us as we see throughout the Bible over and over again. Uh, One example of that is Peter who says, uh, he says, though you have not seen him, talking about Jesus, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Uh, So if you know Jesus' forgiveness uh, but feel no joy in that or very little joy, 
uh, there is something blocking it. Right? There is something clogging uh, that flow of forgiveness and, and joyful fellowship with God. And so I just want to suggest uh, four things that it could be. Uh, and so the first one is, uh, it could be that you see forgiveness as a transaction and not a relationship. Uh, this is where, you know, I confess my sin to God, he forgives me, I'm saved, that's it. All right, but you don't see forgiveness uh, leading to a fellowship with God. Uh, it would be like, you know, thinking marriage is all about the wedding day. And, you know, I, I, I'm there, I've signed the certificate, you know, with my grandma there to witness it. Uh, I'm, I'm married now. Uh, but we don't sort of see that the wedding is actually just the beginning of a relationship. And right, forgiveness is like that. Forgiveness is the beginning of a relationship with God. And like, you know, in, enjoying a marriage is not going to make you more married. Um, and just like enjoying salvation will not make you more saved. Uh, but it is a fitting and natural response uh, to, to the great salvation that God has worked in our lives. That's the first one. Our uh, second one, it could be that uh, you have unconfessed sin in your life. So maybe like David, you know God's forgiveness, uh, but you are keeping silent about some sin in your life. Uh, and maybe your lack of joy in God uh, is God's way of telling you uh, that you need to come to him, uh, confessing your sin and trusting in his forgiveness. All right, and this is something that we should do regularly as Christians. Um, you know, daily confession and repentance is a really good habit. All right, we also do it often in church. We're going to do it today, later in our service. Uh, and we don't do it, you know, to be forgiven all over again uh, and to be saved all over again. No, because once you, once you believe in Jesus, you are saved once and for all. Uh, but we do it as a reminder uh, of the seriousness of sin and to remind us of the assurance that we have of the full and free forgiveness in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, it is a good way of relating to God and experiencing that relationship uh, over and over again. Uh, number three is it could be that you have a small view of sin. Right, if you see sin as small, uh, you will see forgiveness as small, uh, and so you're not going to have much joy in salvation. Uh, Jesus told a parable about this. Uh, he told a parable about two people who owed money to a certain money lender. Uh, one of them owed, you know, a lot of money, and another one owed, you know, not very much. Um, neither of them could, you know, pay the debt back. Uh, so the money lender forgave both of the men their debts. Uh, and Jesus' question is, which of them uh, will love him more? And of course, the answer is the one who had the bigger debt. Uh, but the point is uh, that we need to realise that we all have a great debt of sin before God that we could never pay back and that we need to be forgiven. And we need to see that our love and our joy depends upon realising that. Right? The more that we realise the seriousness of our sin that leads to death and hell, eternal hell, uh, and the more we realise the costliness of God's forgiveness through the blood of Jesus, uh, the more that we are going to overflow uh, with joy and with happiness in God who has saved us. And the last one, number four, 
Uh, it could be that your joy is in your circumstances and not Jesus. Right? If your joy is in your circumstances of life, it's going to come and go as good times come and go. Uh, but if your joy is in Jesus uh, and justification by faith in him, uh, then joy is always available to you. Uh, Randy Alcorn uh, is a guy who's written a book called Happiness, and he's got a good quote in here, which we'll read now. Uh, he says that experiencing happiness doesn't mean all our problems go away. It does mean that in God, true happiness is available to us, the happiness our souls have always longed for. Right, and that's the point. Right? Believing in Jesus doesn't mean all your problems go away and you're going to feel happy all the time. Right? We will continue to struggle with, with sin and suffering and even Satan, uh, but it does mean that happiness is always available to you in the Lord Jesus uh, because Jesus has defeated sin and death and suffering and Satan. Uh, Jesus is risen and reigning and we are united with him by faith. And so God is for us. Uh, his loving eye is upon us in our lives. And so joy uh, is always available to us. Right? And it, it is this joy uh, that will sustain us in the fight, uh, in the fight of the Christian life. And so keep coming to God through Jesus Christ. Uh, keep confessing your sin and enjoying his forgiveness because that will mean rest for your soul uh, but also strength for the fight as you follow Jesus. Uh, let's pray now and ask God to, to do this great work in us. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for the joy of justification by faith, uh, to know that you will not count our sin against us, but we are forgiven and righteous in your sight. And Lord, that is an inexpressible and glorious joy. And we thank you for the wonderful fellowship that we have with you, Father, Son and Spirit, and that your loving eye is upon us for our good. I pray that we would not keep silent in our sin, but confess it, knowing your readiness to forgive, with confidence that the blood of Jesus covers all our sin. And by your Spirit, may you seal upon our hearts the happiness of life with you, that we might always rejoice and sing of your salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.